Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blaze Experience. I'm your host, Derek, as always. You are joining us for episode 90 today. And today we're actually going to talk about some more Borderlands. Um, I was going to do a State of Decay episode. I still want to get back to that, so don't worry, I'm not neglecting it. Just um, this is Undead Trials 4 week, and because of that, I've been very busy uh, trying to manage and referee that and all and compete it myself. So um, I wanted to do an episode that wouldn't involve as much research for me. And I thought this would be a good time to do a Tales from the Borderlands retrospective because we just played through that on stream. We just finished it, and uh, it's not going to take me much research to do that episode because I just played through it all, and we just kind of talk about what we played. So uh, with the State of Decay episodes, I want to do some research on, okay, you know, the characters or maybe the new uh, facility mods or something like that. You know, all that kind of stuff takes a little bit more research and in-depth planning uh, to do an episode like that, so... That's why we're doing a Tales episode today, but I do want to get back to the State of the K episode uh, ASAP, and I think we're going to have an episode on the new uh, stuff that was just announced next week, so we will uh, talk about that, and you know, hopefully we get some more info on, on Tuesday. But that being said, uh, this is going to be a Tales from the Borderlands retrospective. Some news at the top of the show before we move on. Our stream schedule is uh, a little bit changed next week. We were going to do some Borderlands 2 on Sunday, but because I've been streaming so much this week uh, due to Under Trials 4, I'm actually going to move that stream. And I, I promise the Sunday streams are going to stop getting moved at some point. Just <laughs> There's been a lot going on this month. It's been a weird month. But um, the Sunday stream is going to be moved. So basically that means on Monday we're going to have uh, Fallout 3. So we're going to stream that from 12 to 4 Eastern. That is going to be our Game Pass Game of the Month. So every month we do one Game Pass Game of the Month that's randomly chosen from our uh, Game Pass list that our viewers give us. So that's going to be on Monday. On Tuesday, we're going to play some State of Decay. And, you know, who knows? Maybe this uh, new update that's coming will be out by then, because they said by the end of the month they're hoping to have it out. So that is the 30th, so hopefully it's out. We'll see. Uh, so we're going to play that on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, that's where we're going to actually do some more Borderlands 2. We still have to do the Commander Lilith DLC, and that is the last part of the Borderlands story before we get to Borderlands 3. So we are going to do that uh, on Thursday. That's going to be 12 to 4 Eastern. And then also Thursday night, we're going to do a stream. Uh, what that stream is, is up in the air right now. It's going to be 8 p.m. to midnight stream. But if we're not finished with Commander Lilith DLC, we might do uh, finish it up then. If we are finished that, we might do some State of Decay if the new update is out. If the new update is not out, then I have a indie game that I'm interested in playing that I might play as well. So basically that uh, night stream on Thursday, it could be a variety of different things right now. We have to just kind of wait for the week to unfold to see what it is. But that's our stream schedule. And our podcast next Saturday should be a State of Decay one. So looking forward to all that. But that being said, we do have a guest back with us that has been on here uh, very often recently. It seems like he's actually coming for uh, Monty's Crown, you know. He's the only guest now that's uh, getting close to Monty in number of appearances on the podcast. Please welcome back to the podcast, Zombie. How are you, Zombie? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing good. So, you know, you're coming up on Monty a little bit. I mean, I think Monty has like 13 appearances, so you're not quite there yet, but you're, you're definitely uh, number two at this point. Yeah, definitely far away, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you met Monty on the Sea of Thieves episode we did, so, you know, he, he, you're going to have to... Uh, talk with him when you meet him again <laughs> be like hey i'm coming for you yeah definitely maybe take him out the picture eh? 
Hmm, seems like a good idea now. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, um, we're here to talk some Tales from the Borderlands. You know, so I, I know you played through this game. Did you only play through it once ever, or have you played through it multiple times? It was ever only the, the one time. Because I like to keep the stuff that I've had the on The one time? Own. Okay. Because with me, when I play through a game, like especially a Telltale game, for example, what I'll tend to do is I'll play it through once, but I won't play it again. Because I want to see other people's perspectives on it and what the what I could have chosen, not to go back and then change it, because it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, see, for me, I played it twice because I played it once when it uh, around when it first came out, and then I just played it again recently on stream. So when I played it again on stream, that was my second time playing it. But it is kind of cool to play it a second time uh, after a while because there were things in the game that I kind of forgot that happened. You know, after a while, like there were certain like you know big moments, big scenes that I remember, but. There were some parts of the game like, oh, wow, I, I forgot that was in here. You know what I mean? So The little bits of scenes can still surprise you, even if you've played through it numbers of times. Yeah. Like, honestly, um, the whole, we'll get into the story a little bit afterwards, but the whole stuff with, like, the chase where Athena gets uh, attacked and, you know, basically captured. Like, I forgot about that whole chase where, like, you know, Brick comes in there. Like, I forgot all about that scene. So that's one scene that I forgot about. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, fair enough. Which is a pretty cool scene, actually, so... But we have a lot of characters in Tales from the Borderlands, and our main two characters, we play as two characters. One is Fiona, and one is Reese. So, which of these two characters did you uh, enjoy more, or did you kind of enjoy them equally? Um, I kind of, I actually enjoyed them equally, to be honest, because when you have these characters, Fiona's kind of your, like, okay, no-nonsense type of character. She's going to just go in there and do whatever she wants. She'd be a bit, a bit arrogant about it. Not over-arrogant like some people are in, like in, within the series itself, but, like, she's just there. She, like, she won't take anything. Like, she won't she won't take anything, but, like, if you get what I mean, like, she won't take any shit from anybody, essentially. I was trying to use a better term, but I couldn't. And Reese is more, like... Your comedic character because he doesn't know what he's doing, so half the time you just you just laugh at his expense of him not knowing what he's doing. You yeah, out of it. Reese is really funny about that. Nice. I remember when he like uh, first jacks the thing into him that like puts Jack in his head. He's like, "Don't worry, guys, I got this." And then he passes out. Yeah, <laughs> I got this, guys. <laughs> nope, clearly you haven't. <laughs> yeah. I just love it. I love the first time he yeah, freaks out to him. It's hilarious. Which is cool, too, because, you know, uh, Reese and Fiona, they both have basically partners. And, you know, Fiona is a pair with her sister, Sasha, and Reese is paired with his best friend, Vaughn. And it's a very different dynamic where, you know, Reese and Vaughn are like the comedic relief of the game. And then Fiona and Sasha are more like, you know, the serious aspect of the game. But they really play well off each other with the four of those together. Yeah, it, it definitely does. It keeps you really intrigued to see what's going to happen next throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and honestly, I wish they would have made a two for this because, you know, it was a very fun game. And it's one of my top three uh, Telltale games. It's this one, um, Game of Thrones and Walking Dead for me. So it's between those three. But this is definitely one of my top ones. I really enjoy the humor in it. Yeah. I put this as my second. Walking Dead has to be the first for me. What about Game of Thrones? I never watched it. As I've said multiple times. <laughs> but the game, the game though, the game is good. Why would I play the game if I hadn't watched the actual thing itself? I wouldn't know what the hell is going it's on. It's not It's not based on that, though. Still, I'm like, still confused. <laughs> there's like a new set of characters you play as, but <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> you should play it sometime then. Yeah. Yeah. But do you want to tell us more about Fiona and Sasha then? Like, uh, who they are as characters a little bit? Um, 
so Fiona and Sasha are cons. They're the type of people that will con you for everything that you have because they're smart like that and they're intelligent like that and they've been brought up to do that. Because um, even from children, they were doing this and they attempted to, like, st- the way the way that like they came about with another character, uh, Felix, that you meet, who's with them at the time, um, they're met together by literally Fiona and Sasha trying to steal from him. And then he trained them to be the cons that we see during the whole of the Tales of the Borderlands. Yeah, and honestly, it is really cool to see all this because um, that controversy really builds in the game. Yeah, definitely. You, you can see like each character had a different dynamic to certain things, certain characters, certain reactions that took place. And especially uh, Fiona and Sasha having, obviously, the, the reactions that they have later, later, like near towards... I don't know if it's towards the end of this episode or the next, I'm not sure, off the top of my head, but, like, how their character dynamics change between, each, like, between, obviously, themselves and Felix. Yeah, I think the dynamic with Felix is a very interesting one, because when it's all said and done, I think Felix did care for them, but in the moment, in, like, episode one, you really feel like he was just a con man all along and he doesn't care about them, but, like, as you go through the game, there's little things, like, throughout the game that make you think, wait, you know, maybe he did actually care a little bit. Yeah. I think, in a way, it was his way of trying to say, this is what the Wasteland's going to be like, and I'm preparing you for it. Yeah, I agree, because, um, you know, we haven't talked about Athena too much yet. We talked about Athena on the pre-sequel episode we did, and Athena is actually hired by Felix to kind of train the girls, or at least Fiona specifically, and kind of, you know, teach them and look after them. Yeah, exactly. And that's another way he shows that, obviously, he did care and he wants them to still be cons, be the best that they can at that work, but it's obviously preferring them as well. So, obviously, well, it isn't just going to be, oh, go, go and con that person. you got to be prepared for all the creatures that are around Pandora as well. Right. Yeah, because I think what's interesting, too, is we don't really know, like, uh, the entire backstory of any of these characters per se because we know that felix raised fiona and sasha from when they were kids but he's definitely not their father so you know like who were their parents and what happened to them so it's kind of interesting to think about you know what that could have been because somehow they fell into felix's care yeah definitely it definitely is like 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 people can speculate what happened with certain stuff it is definitely a huge um point to make but obviously who were their parents like how they would have been raised if Felix wasn't there at all. Like, it could have been a different, right. entirely different scenario. Definitely. And I think them being with Felix really kind of defines their character a little bit because they had more of a hard upbringing with him where, you know, you have to not trust anyone in the world. And, you know, basically they're focusing on trying to con people. And the way they have to see the world is that, no one can be trusted. We have each other. That's it. Yeah, definitely. And that's a, that's a strong point to make throughout all of Pandora. It's like the best thing you can do when it comes to Pandora. Don't trust anyone. It's the main thing. Yeah, except for my buddy uh, Baron Flint, though. He, he seems very trustworthy. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> uh, I think he's a cool dude, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, considering he's got a massive bullet hole in his head by now, and... The cane corp to I mean ooh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, I'll always remember him all these uh, hours later. <laughs> More like years, not hours. <laughs> well, hours for me because, I mean, 
it wasn't that long ago that I played Borderlands 1, so. <laughs> eh, fair enough. But yeah, um, you know, this, that's kind of the story with Fiona and Sasha. They were brought up by Felix, who, in the terms of this game, is an old man by the time we get to him, and, um, you know, eventually Felix does die in the game, unless you make certain choices. There is a way to technically save him. In my two playthroughs, I did not choose the correct options to save him, but there is technically a way to save him, and I'd be kind of interested to see what his storyline is like if you do save him, because I'd be kind of interested to see if he pops in the story um, ever again after that. I kind of think he doesn't, unless you pick him uh, at the end mission. But. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen all the alternate uh, like scenarios, and in order to actually save Felix at the time, it is really hard to do so. Like, I've seen the options you have to pick for that. It's it's hard, but in the end, it's kind of rewarding because that character act comes fully all the way around at the end. If you do, yeah, basically it. you have to you have to not shoot him and then warn him about the bomb. Yeah. So. And but then if you do that, then you get to pick him at the end of the game. And like, what's cool about the end of the game? We're not obviously there yet, but um, all these characters that you pick for your team at the end of the game, they all have like special moves they can teach the robot and. I'd be kind of interested to see what Felix's moves are, you know. What would his moves actually be? Good point, actually. So, I'd be interested to see that. But, I mean, uh, unfortunately, like, this is episode one. In episode one, I wasn't thinking that far ahead. So, in episode one, I wasn't thinking, oh, I should save Felix. I could try him out. But, so, I, I didn't have the foresight in episode one, unfortunately. But, oh, well. No, oh, well, exactly. Nobody thinks that far ahead in Sinister story. They just think, oh, what's that? Yeah, because, I mean... <laughs> Like, I, I know how the game plays out, but episode one is so far away from episode five, so I wasn't thinking that far in advance. Like, oh, I should save Felix just in case. I could uh, use him later. Exactly. But um, going over to the other side, we have Reese and Vaughn. So we haven't talked a ton about Vaughn. So do you want to talk about Vaughn a little bit and uh, his character and his relationship with Reese? Vaughn kind of reminds me. And I don't know if it reminds you of it as well, but as like a sidekick, like those mini comedic sidekicks that people have, like a cartoon or something. I don't know why it just does. But when it comes to being clever, he's extremely clever because with Vaughn, he's Hyperion's like accountant, essentially. So he is smart when it comes to all the money, all that stuff. So he knew what he was doing most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the story doesn't make it seem like he knows what he's doing, but at the start he did. He did at the start, and then he became a coward. And I think that's what makes him lovable in a way, because he's always a coward. And Reese is kind of like the opposite to that. Just like, oh, I'll go and do this, and then freaks out. <laughs> Just the dynamic works so well. Yeah, I think it's really cool, and honestly, they have the perfect voice actor for Vine too. Uh, he's played by Chris Harwick, who uh, hosts Talking Dead for, you know, The Walking Dead and everything, and Chris Harwick like plays him so perfectly. Like, I just love him as voice actor for this character. Yeah, definitely, he did it well. Totally agree with you there. But Reese and Vaughn, you know, they have a really uh, cool broy relationship, and I say broy because um, the game loves to throw in little lines like they're like, "Hey, bro, you know, you know, bro, yeah, <laughs> bro, bro, bro." Like, <laughs> there's like little lines you can have throughout yeah. the game that like <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> so well. Here's another thing. They've known each other since they were children. For the whole childhood, they've been friends since that point. So I think you can see that relationship being like that the whole time. And what's interesting, too, is they have another friend up there, which is Yvette. Um, do you know if that was their friend since childhood, too? Or do they only meet her in Hyperion? Uh, 
I'm not that sure. Um, I I think they probably met her in Hyperion. I think. Yeah, I think they met her um, in Hyperion, and actually, I did do some research as well on that. Um, with the event, a lot of the storyline isn't really revealed with her, right? It's just that okay, she's a friend with them on Hyperion, and they met she her. She acquisitions. Yeah. Um, but they um they met her, and this is a really funny part. They met her. Um, we're obviously getting lunch together because they always do. Like, they often spend time at like, lunch. Um, and she got known as uh, Lunch Leech, to be exact, was the nickname that she was given. <laughs> yep. And <laughs> again, nicknames hilarious. Like the way they just do the nicknames is funny as well. <laughs> just <laughs> Lunch Leech. I'd, I'd never think I'd call someone that, but you know, must have been pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <it> was... <laughs> She always asks, like, you know, who's playing for lunch? You know, you, you paying? You, you buying today? Like, so. Yeah. But um, she does acquisitions, and, you know, Vaughn is in officially accounting, I believe. It's technically where he's in, right? Um, who, Reese? In... No, Vaughn. Oh, Vaughn's in accounting. And, uh, yeah, I, that's okay. Yeah, in accounting. He's got all the numbers and money, stuff like that. Yvette does the uh, requisitions, transport, all that. Right. And, and then Reese, we don't we don't know where he is before the story starts, but at the very start of the story, he becomes the head janitor. Hey, because, you know, that's a brilliant job you want, isn't it? <laughs> Woo! Head janitor, yay! Yeah, so basically, uh, Reese and Vaughn are Hyperion guys, and Yvette is their friend, and... Their story basically starts as Reese is expecting a big promotion. He's been working hard for this all his life. And Vaughn and Yvette have been, you know, helping him uh, up the ladder. And basically, Vaughn and Yvette are expecting, you know, a lot of uh, good bonuses from Reese because Reese is going to be able to, you know, hook them up with, like, goodies and crap. So um, basically, Reese is, you know, all expecting this promotion. And he's going to talk to Henderson, who. Henderson is the boss he's been sucking up to all these years. So he spent years sucking up to Henderson. And, um, you know, he's basically Henderson's top guy for the promotion. He's expecting to walk into Henderson's office and get their promotion. And then he walks in and sees his rival Vasquez. Yep, because Vasquez is power hungry and it's shown immediately, which I love. It's not just, like, obviously, like spoon fed to you throughout the thing until you go oh oh he was power hungry oh i get it no no it's just simply just he's power hungry he wanted to get leadership there you go straight at you yeah and honestly i'll just say um i i know handsome jack is definitely a fan favorite and everything but yeah. i love vasquez as a villain vasquez is such a good villain and i i really wish they didn't kill him off as fast as they did like vasquez is such a cool villain that i would have loved to see him make appearances in other borderlands games yeah, I just especially the voice actor who they got for it was amazing because he's recognized because he's the yeah guy the who voice voices, actor is awesome yeah yeah the guy who voices Joe in Family Guy everybody's watched Family Guy so immediately like you've got someone who people will know immediately and like you're like oh that's that guy from Family Guy that's amazing I can't wait to listen to him more and just on the point of uh, they never mentioned Reese's department but. The research I've got for this, um, on the law, it says he was a data miner. Because he had all the echo eye and stuff. Ah, gotcha. That so he worked He worked um, in the data mining department. And it, it was he got paid like a quarterly bonus. 
and obviously that, that promotion was going to make him even like have like like he was going to make him top of that data mining process and he got paid a ton more but obviously getting demoted right down the chain to the bottom is what happened hey if he was still <laughs> you know assistant janitor i mean that's still a procedure position assistant vice janitor missed up the vice yes <laughs> well, you know that's better than that's better than just a vice janitor. It's an assistant vice janitor. No, <laughs> but uh, you know he goes in there and Vasquez is in there and Vasquez has basically assumed the promotion. And we do see uh, Henderson make another appearance, though. You know, because Henderson decides to stop by the office one last time. Yeah. Flyby, you could say. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to uh, reveal how he flies by the office? Out the airlock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Vasquez, out the airlock. It's a classic. I love the timing of the game too, because Vasquez is uh, talking about it, and then he's like, "Oh wow, well, that, that timing couldn't have been better," because Henderson yeah. shows up like right outside the window for as he's talking about. To like, emphasize dang, the really point he's making, just oh, I'm in charge now, and then you just see the body go by. It's just like that—that that proves the point exactly. Brilliant timing, good job. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but Vasquez is basically this guy that's you know greedy. He's uh really hungry for power, and he asserts it automatically, and he just you know kills Henderson and takes what he wants. So. And then, um, you know, in that scene where they're in the office, he gets a call from a character named August. So this is our first introduction to August in any way. And we learn a lot more about August later on. But um, what do you know about August at this point that, you know, what is that kind of your uh, shape your opinion of at this point? Um, August at this point is somebody that you're just like, OK, this person's going to obviously because it shifts the tales of, of the stories and stuff like that. So you see the other end of that phone call. So immediately you're just like, okay, Oxy's is going to help me out in conning some people for a vault key. And okay, you're sound so far. You're dumb, but you're sound. So far, anyway. Yeah, and basically at that point, you know, it's just like, oh, this is some guy that's trying to make a deal with Vasquez. So like, you're like, hmm, I don't know who would make a deal with Vasquez. This is, I don't know if I like this guy, so. Yeah. The hatred that you see as well between, obviously, Reese and uh, Vasquez doesn't just shape from that. The stuff that has happened, like, in the background of all this game starting, and it was because they worked in the exact same department. They were co-workers, and they hated each other. So, when you see somebody who had, had the exact same job as you, you were co-workers, you hated them, get above you by murdering somebody, exactly you're going to hate them. Yeah. Well, you know, he got there first, though. He, he took what he wanted, right? So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, August, um, August is basically, would you call him a bounty hunter, essentially? I don't really know what to call him, essentially, but maybe you call him a bounty hunter, especially? No, I wouldn't say, I'd say more of an opportunist. That's probably a good word for him, yeah. I mean, it's basically August, um, he's a pretty paranoid guy, I'd say, and... He definitely doesn't trust easily, you know, um, living on Pandora, like, and not many people do. But um, August is working for a character named Valerie, who uh, we can talk about a little bit more later. But uh, August has, you know, been led into this lifestyle, and he 
he basically meets up with Sasha and he falls hard for Sasha, but Sasha's just trying to con him. And basically, uh, Sasha and Fiona are trying to con August by making a fake vault key, which they're going to sell to Vasquez, but it all gets convoluted because then Reese has the bright idea of, let me screw over Vasquez by taking this deal. So then they go to try and intercept the fake deal. <laughs> yeah, and then that's where everything hits the fan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the whole deal, everything. The one things I love when they do this is you'll pick an option that is completely not what happened. And they'll acknowledge it. They'll acknowledge it between each other to tell the story. It's awesome. So you can pick something that's completely just out in the air that they'd probably never do. And the other character will just call you out on all the bull that you're saying. So that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Because, I mean, I think that's really funny, too. And it actually, um, ACC, it threw him off for a while. Because there's one thing there, like uh, Break His Heart or something like that. Where he punches like the heart out of August. And... ACC mistakenly thought for a little while, like, oh, wow, this guy has super strength. Wait, what happened to his strength? Like, but I don't think he got the point that like, his, his memory. So. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, no, no, no. That, that, was, that was just a dream. That it wasn't real. <laughs> no, I can just imagine Reese, like, with full only bodybuilder strength, but still weakling at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would have died. I wouldn't have been able to play it. I, I simply would have. I would have died. I would have died of laughter at that point. <laughs> but you know, basically, um, we have this fake deal going on where uh, Reese brings down ten million dollars they stole from the accounting department, and they are trying to buy this vault key, which is a complete fake that uh, Felix, Sasha, and Fiona made. And August is kind of the middleman between it all. And what happens is the Valky actually breaks. You play through both Fiona and Reese's story separately, but the Valky actually breaks, and we get some uh, visitors show up at the meeting. Uh, we get a character named Bossa Nova. Do you want to talk about Bossa Nova a little bit? We don't know a ton about him, but... Uh, Bossa Nova? Um, yeah, again, a lot's not known about him other than, oh, this is your villain for the episode. Bye! <laughs> it's like the casual right. thing where they have, like, oh... We have to have a climax. Guys, we have to have a climax. Oh, here comes Bossa Nova. We're not going to say anything about him. It's just there's your villain. Let's get on with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And honestly, uh, Bossa Nova is pretty interesting. I love the little parts where, like, his, you know, boom mic is not working properly. And he has, like, his actual voice. Like, oh, oh, shit. What I would have loved... Is if he got like one of the little Jonah psychos that are around the psycho, the midget psychos, I started using them as the mic. <laughs> oh, I would have lost my mind with that. He was just picking up one of the midget psychos who were just screaming their heads off, and then he just knocking out the mic. Oh, so many things they could have done. Either way, it was still good. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, and it was really fun. And the character we're introduced with, along with him, um. We already know from Borderlands 2, but Zero makes an appearance. So, um, you know, what does Zero have to do with this whole mess that we're in in this situation? Um, Bounty. Bounty Hunter. Yep. That, that's exactly and what he's And Bossa Nova is basically his target. And here's the thing. 
his Zero's plan is always, I want a challenge, so this is my challenge, to go into a massive bloody death arena where there's cars flying all over the place, blowing up and everything. Let me go and take out the boss that's dangling up in the air. And, you know, he does find a way to do that, so. <laughs> yeah, by destroying the whole place in general, but, you know. Which I know we haven't done our Borderlands 2 episode yet, but um, is there a lot known about Zero's backstory at all? Um, yes, there is. A lot of it's explained in Borderlands 2, so when we get to that, we get to that bridge when we cross it. Yeah, because I don't personally know a lot about his backstory, but um, we'll talk about that more in the Borderlands 2 episode, I guess. Because we're going to do that episode, we're we're waiting to do that episode just in case everyone was wondering. We're doing that episode after we defend our little DLC and probably the Tiny Tina DLC. That way we can talk about those in that episode, so that's why we haven't done that one yet, even though we finished the game. Yep. (laughs) One character I... I think that you forgot to mention who's around that meeting at the time is Shade. That is true. I did forget to mention Shade. <laughs> you want to mention a little bit about Shade? Okay. So, Shade uh, is Shady. It's in the name. You sure? <laughs> yes, he is very Shady, but he's also crazy. Love how all these have Ys in them. Good God. <laughs> um, But yeah, he's a bit hyperactive, insane. And, you know, the typical Pandoran residents, because they all basically go insane after the first five minutes of being on Pandora, because that, that's just a common thing. Uh, but with Shade, he does appear in Borderlands 2. He appears in a DLC for Borderlands 2. And you said he's in a DLC, correct? Yep, a DLC for Borderlands 2 called uh, uh, The Bounty of Captain Scarlet. So... He'll appear like Oasis on that. I know we'll, we'll, we probably won't get around to playing that. But I'll yeah, I don't know if we're going to have time for that one, but... Yeah, we can explain yeah, more He seems like that. a very interesting guy, at least. And I would like to, you know, know more about him in the future, but we can talk about that in Borderlands 2 episode. Yeah. But I, I do think it's funny around this uh, little meeting here, in the place of the world of curiosities, we actually get to see... Um, What's her name again? But the commander from the first game. We get to see her again. Uh, her dead body. There you go. Yep. <laughs> so I, I think it's kind of funny to see her again uh, in a case. <laughs> yeah. Nakiyama's is there as well. He has, he has to take the echo chip off of him. Yep. Yeah, that's where <laughs> we get our echo poor chip. Poor Nakiyama. His death is so convoluted. It's hilarious. I love it. Again, Borderlands 2 stuff. We can, we can talk about that then. Well, apparently he fell downstairs or something. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> he reveals himself. But his grand battle after you've just beat this boss, he was like, right, now you can fight me. And then literally just slowly watch as it goes. Duh, 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 duh. Splat. That's it. <laughs> That's <guy>. it. <laughs> That's just it. He's dead. It's great. <laughs> uh... So, yeah, that, that's kind of like, you know, the opening stuff. Um, we, we take care of that, and then basically at the end of that, they all escape, and August is left wondering, like, hey, wait, they just betrayed me. And August is kind of shooting after them, and then, you know, they go uh, to Bossa Nova's car racing thing, because that is where the Hyperion money gets to, because Bossa Nova takes it, so they want to get the money back, because they want the $10 million. So they go there. And essentially, uh, Zero ends up killing Bossa Nova. The money gets into Felix's hands, and that's where you have the choice to either kill Felix, let him die, or save him. Yeah, the first major decision of the game. Ooh. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, at that point, your car is pretty beat up, so you do have to find someone to fix that. So, yeah, who who do you think to fix their car for us? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
I well, uh, how about how about scooter? Uh, it work. I could always catch a ride. So, so, do you want to tell people about uh, scooter a little bit and how he plays into this storyline? Uh, what's to say? It's it's scooter. He just plays and is not his ordinary self. Just like oh, he sees ladies. Oh wait, oh he sees ladies. Okay, instant horny mode inbound. <laughs> Essentially, because obviously, Scooter doesn't, like, yeah. He looks at nude mags, because it's Scooter. What did you expect? He's a mechanic that stays indoors all day. What did you expect? It's Pandora. So he's seeing, literally, ladies in front of him that are asking for his help. Immediately, he's going to be, like, eager to do it. But his play plan in it is basically repairing all the vehicles that they basically destroy half, like because it's a lot of things in destroy because it's Pandora again. What do you expect? <laughs> and then yeah, just he's it's just over eager to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, and he basically fixed your car up for you, and you learn that uh, Springs is another character that's kind of working for him, and um, Springs actually ties back to Athena because that's Athena's girlfriend. So. Um, is that something that we knew before this game, or was it only known in this game? Only known in this game. That's why it, make it makes it even more shocking when the reveal happens. And you're just like, oh, wow. <laughs> that was actually my first reaction. So basically, uh, in the previous games, we didn't know Athena was uh, either bi or gay? Nope, we didn't. Interesting. But, you know, she's dating Springs, and they seem like a pretty good couple to me, so... Uh, we we do have to help them with their problems a little bit, and you know, kind of help Athena out. But <laughs> if you choose to, you can help them out. <laughs> yeah, it's either help them or don't get the car repaired at all. But mm. right, so uh, they help you help and fix the car up. And you know, Springs is worried about Athena. Um, you know, going back into the field kind of thing because Athena does uh kind of meet up with our characters, and she does try to chase them and. Uh, it seems like she's trying to kill us, but afterwards we learn that she's just trying to help us. So, at the time, though, it seems like she's trying to kill you. Yeah, it does. And then you obviously know who it is if you played the previous games. He's just like, oh, it's like you're not even mad that she's trying to kill you. It's just that, oh, I know this character. Nice to right. see you back. <laughs> it's not even like, oh, oh wow, <laughs> exactly. you're evil now. Oh, I, I hate you now. No, it's not even like that. But the one thing I love, and I love this, and I was laughing even when you did it on stream, the second time is even more funnier. When she has that complete meltdown at all the other people that are in the room, <laughs> when she finally catches up with them all, and she has that full meltdown at them all. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> That's fun. I love it. Because it seems so out of character for her. It's hilarious to hear like some of the voice breaks that the voice actor does, but it's also really funny. Um, that she has that meltdown because you don't see that side of her. Yeah, it's really a nice seeing that side of her too, and I, I do enjoy that. So, um, you know, the whole dynamic with having Athena and Springs in the game really uh, improves the game, I think. And there are a few other characters, though, we haven't actually mentioned that do already appear in the story, so we can kind of go backtrack a little bit just to kind of mention them. A couple of them are pretty important, but one that's not that important is a character named Tector. Do you want to uh, talk about Tector at all? Uh, Tector Hodunk. Um, so he's part of this uh, Hodunk's family that you'll meet in Border- uh, that you meet in Borderlands Two. I already met them. Yes, yes you did, <laughs> and we did a certain thing. But anyway, we'll spoil that. But yeah, 
exactly this so you can you can also tell at this point that the certain thing that we did was not canon that's true yeah because in the timeline and i figured this out and this is really intriguing in the timeline the first three episodes take place after borderlands 2 right and then the fourth episode uh takes place just as the pre-sequel story is starting um and the fifth episode's a year after the prequels already happened and Rodon's 2's happened. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it, it is very interesting. Because uh, you also got to see, obviously, like, when you do, when we obviously do get to the, uh, the, the massive... It's a weird timeline, actually. Yeah, when you do get to the massive fight scene, it makes more sense. And obviously, right. we'll talk about that later. I can explain where all that comes in. That's if you had an oddity. Yeah, I mean... Already. And in terms of this game, Tector doesn't have a huge role. He's basically just August's lackey, and he kind of, you know, is the bouncer at the door. And it, it's very funny fooling him in the beginning. Um, I fooled him by saying I was on the VIP list. I'm like, look, th- that's my picture on the VIP list. See? There's <laughs> a water poster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pandorans. Most of them are dumb, which is funny, because you can just trick the hell out of them. He's like, what's all those fancy words there? <laughs> That's good. I like it. I like it. I love it. <laughs> the best thing I love, though, is when you did the whole catch a ride thing on stream. I can't get over that. That was awesome. <laughs> I did it right then? <laughs> yeah, you did all right. But I mean, if you want another attempt, be my guest. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe at the end of the podcast. Oh, ah, well, well, since I'm the guest, shouldn't I be doing it? Because I'm the guest. Be your guest. Uh, oh, I've confused myself now. Uh, but we have a couple other characters. Uh, we obviously have Handsome Jack, who we know from the other games. But uh, what is his role in this game? Um, he's kind of like the it's like a heaven of hell, heaven or hell situation. He's in Reese's head all the time, telling him to make the most essentially bad choices, trying to lure him over to the evil side, so that Jack can take back over. But within the body of Reese. Right. And basically, this is done by when Reese uh, plugs Nakayama's drive into his head, that is where Jack gets into his head. And that is because Nakayama was actually working on cloning Jack. Yep. And using holograms and all that stuff. And it's that's revealed in the prequel as well, when it's in that whole lab setup. The prequel. That's when he's doing it. So, you know, Jack in this game, it's interesting because... In this game, uh, unlike the other games, he seems like more of a friend in this game, I would say. He's like the friend that you can't get rid of. Yeah, he's the friend you can't get rid of, but he's also the friend that makes all the wrong choices. Yes, exactly. And you can never trust him. So not really like a friend at all. More like a friend of me. Yeah, because basically by the end, he becomes the same old Jack, and he just wants to take over by himself. Yeah. I especially but, love you know, the finale, basically, the, the character yeah, the at the end cool. is awesome. Like, the way they did that was brilliant. No, that's, that's definitely cool, but... Basically, um, throughout the game, Jack seems like he's kind of your friend, but it's only because he wants to get something out of you. Oh, yeah. His end goal isn't to care about Reese. It's just that, well, I want power. How do I do it? Okay, some guy, some lackey who's adoring of me will do everything I say to my bend and will. And you basically choose how that happens. Although I will say I appreciate the uh, handsome Jack VIP tour, though. That was just fun. <laughs> Uh, and all the finger banging as well. <laughs> yes, that was fun. Uh, that whole like uh, scene. Oh, uh, good <laughs> god. 
But we do have one other character that has already appeared at this point in the story that we haven't mentioned. And this is a very important character, but I intentionally left them out for a while because they become so important that they actually uh, have a really big part in the end game. And that is Loaderbot. I never thought I'd actually say this, but a Loaderbot is a main character in something. When are you ever going to see that? Yeah. <laughs> this, 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 this whole backstory, but, isn't it? It's just a Loaderbot. <laughs> But it's actually a, a really awesome loader bot, and like he becomes a character that you really love. Yeah, loader bot's awesome. Like you can't hate him. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he gets the hang of things and just learns it off of Reese and just goes, "Not cool, oh bro," and joins in with them. It's just yeah. another comedy character that is just like done to perfection to make you laugh even more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I really love that and. You know, all his lines are really comedic because it's said with the perspective that, like, he doesn't really know what he's doing or anything, like you said. So (laughs) it's definitely a lot of fun. And he makes several appearances throughout the game. Uh, He's not in every part of the game because they do lose him for a little while. But um, he's in most of the game. And at certain points, they lose him or find him again. And basically, at the start of the game, there's this character that ties up Reese and Fiona and he starts asking them about their story. And we don't know who this character is until the very end of the game. And, uh, you know, this is a spoiler version of the podcast, obviously. And we will reveal that, um, you know, skip ahead if you don't want to know, but this is Loaderbot. So uh, Loaderbot actually took on an exoskeleton from Jack's crash ship or Pilios or Hyperion ship, or whatever, and then basically uh, he took this exoskeleton and he became this human-looking character. But it's actually Loaderbot. He wanted to get the information from them because he thought they betrayed a character we haven't talked about yet. So this is a good segue to get into Gordus. Uh, you know who is Gordus, Zombie? Uh, Gordus is the gate, uh, the key, essentially. So do you when you have those uh, vault keys that yep. you have to open all these vaults? No. We don't have that this time. You know what we have? A tiny little robot that you can upgrade. And it comes free. <laughs> what an upgrade. <laughs> Very true. But still, God, this is adorable. Like, again, another comedic character. She's tiny, but she can pack a punch. And in general, she, she's just, like, again, comedic by being really nice. When people say th- bad things to her, she doesn't even take it into offense what's happening at the time she just carries on yeah Gordis is really uh funny and uh, an awesome character I, I definitely love Gordis a lot so um even my wife well you know who watches my streams at work sometimes she can't chat but um she was even saying how Gordis is kind of you know a cute character so <laughs> yeah I'm a little scarcious. can't eat but you know um moving along in our story after the Felix uh death or savior scene Basically, after that, we uh, kind of run away, and we have to get back together. And then when we get back together, we have Valerie and her goons kind of, you know, enter the picture a little bit. So, do you want to talk about Valerie and her goons? Uh, we have Finch, and I can never remember the name of the other guy, but there's another guy with Finch. Yeah, I'm, tra- I'm vaguely trying to remember the name as well. But... Uh, with the goons, the goons have already appeared. I am during this now, at this point, and are hunting 
for Sasha and Fiona because they wanted the bounties gone higher. They, they want the bounty, the bandits. They want the bounty, they want the money. And Valerie, who's the head of all of them, she wants them to because she knew Felix in a way. So she already knew what these were capable of. So in a way, kind of in her mind, it's like kind of recruiting them would be the best strategy for her. That's true, yeah. I mean, that would have been the best strategy for her. And, you know, she doesn't really come off that way at first because, um, you know, there's a nice scene where you basically shoot Finch in the face and he, he takes it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Finch. He just takes the bullet. He's like, y- y- you okay, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And then it's like, you don't have to hide it, you know. It's like, okay, I'll just scream. <laughs> she's like i'll hold back the page like you don't have to okay ah <laughs> so still time exactly ah, i love it but yeah yeah that's valerie and her goon squad and basically um you get to the point where you find an old atlas facility and this old atlas facility once you go in it you um well it's like a little atlas bunker i would say it's not really maybe it's a facility but Basically, you find out that there's a Gordas project in there, and that is the key to a vault. So you uh, get these pieces, the Gordas project, and you have to scoop out a guy's eyeball to do it. But (laughs) (laughs) very fun. (laughs) Both of them, to be exact. But yeah, you know. Yes, (laughs) very true. And he he was still alive at the time too. So. Okay. Yeah, that's when it's like, "Mm, okay. I'm literally doing the characters' reactions right now. Go me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But you know, uh, after you do that, you go to an actual like big Atlas facility that's underground, and August kind of chases you there, and uh, Vasquez kind of meets up with them because you have some scenes with Vasquez. Uh, other points where Vasquez basically tracks you down to Pandora, kind of uh, you know give you a piece of his mind, but. Once you're all together again and in this Atlas bunker, then that's when you uh, get Gordas. And basically you get Gordas and you have to try and get out with her. And you actually do because, you know, Loaderbot's an awesome guy and he helps you out. Yeah, but it's also you make the choice, obviously, who you trust in the situation when eventually you get pinned in at that, at that point as well. Yep. You get to trust Jack or Fiona. And that is, again, a really good defining point of the thing because your story changes drastically whoever you pick definitely yeah and i think it's cool uh, to mention too that at this point in the story is when vaughn gets shot by a uh like incapacitating dart and he's basically uh can't move and he's paralyzed <laughs> for a good portion of the game after that now remind me if i'm thinking this correctly but if you pick uh the other path not obviously trusting fiona if you pick the other path i'm pretty sure you 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 can prevent that from happening uh no he still gets shot i believe because i've chosen both paths so right he still got shot in both of my playthroughs anyway so Eh, you know he gets paralyzed and it's interesting but Eh. but basically once you have gordas she starts out as a little ball and uh you have to take gordas and find the other pieces to upgrade her because you have to upgrade gordas in order to open the vault so one of these upgrades is at this old Atlas facility in a jungle that even Athena didn't know about because Athena is with you at this point. And even Athena didn't know about this. And Athena is basically like, oh, I, um, I took out all of Atlas, I thought, but I, I had no idea this place existed. So you get in there and you find the last remaining Atlas member that is still alive that Athena didn't kill. And who's this guy? 
Yeah, Cassius. Um, Cassius is in there. And he's an old yep. scientist. And I think he's got a bit loony at this point. Like, very, very loony. I mean, who would? Like, you would. Having all these insects flying around you, being on your own all that time, and basically watching employees die. Wouldn't make you, anyone go mad. Yeah, and he's definitely a crazy guy for sure. And he um, he basically just doesn't want Athena to kill him, which I can understand, you know, not wanting to be killed. So I, I can't really blame him in that respect, I guess. So. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, as far as he knows, he's the last remaining Atlas person alive. And I think he is correct on that. Unless, you know, there's some unknown person we don't know about. Um. Well, I can get into that when we do a certain other thing later but apart from that yeah he is the last on pandora at least ah so there is another atlas person still alive somewhere yeah interesting and do we ever find out out of curiosity do we ever find out more about this general pollux guy because i kind of want to know more of his backstory where he like put himself in cryostasis and like that you don't it's just there to fill time, essentially. Gotcha. Yeah, he seems like he would have been an interesting character, maybe. Yeah, I'd have loved to know more, but it's kind of one of those characters that they use to kind of fill time a little bit. All games have them. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, you go into this jungle, and honestly, this jungle is one of my favorite parts of the game, where, like, you're in this um, kind of botanist area, and... You go through, you have some really interesting scenes with um, Reese and Sasha, and then you have Athena and Fiona. And I think those are really uh, unique pairings where you have some interesting scenes together going through things because Reese and Sasha have to disable the force, uh, the security system, and then Athena and Fiona are actually trying to grab the piece of the upgrade. Yeah, and again, this is what Telltale, like, excels at like these separate scenes the for the character development and everything like just spot on can't argue with it absolutely because then you find out a little relationship starting to occur between Sasha, ooh. but you know whatever well first he almost drops her and you know, oh, he almost yeah. lets her die so yeah but that's how you start a love story <laughs> anyway every love story starts with someone nearly dying god do you not know this by now boys <laughs> maybe that's true <laughs> but you know basically that's where our story gets to and at that point i think we're in episode four at this point um when we get past that and basically at this point this is the scene that i actually forgot about a little bit after this happens we um go back and we kind of get attacked um you know a guy named brick just kind of rolls up on us and uh starts attacking athena <laughs> I love how you say a guy called Brick. <laughs> we know who Brick is. <laughs> right, but that's what I was saying. <laughs> oh, that, 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 I can't get over that. Definitely. But it, it was a very weird entrance of Brick, and uh, yeah. Mordecai shows up as well, and basically Brick and Mordecai think that Athena is bad, essentially, and they want to uh, bring her to justice. Yeah, and this is the point where, obviously, Athena gets captured, but this is when she's joined, she's tied up at the start of the prologue for pre-sequel, 
that's where it's just carried on from. Which is interesting, actually. Yeah, so that's... After she's captured, she goes straight to that point to explain her story, but why should that back on bloody the moon? So... Yeah, so, I mean, we uh, learn a little bit more about her story with that, and we uh, get some more insight into Brick and Mordecai as well, so... But also there is, obviously, Valerie and her goons in August, and... I don't know if we learn it at this point or if we learn it later, but we actually earned that Valerie's August's mother. Um, I think we know we learned it earlier. Actually, it's when they first, when they get the actual like um, the bot out the facility and then they turn up outside and obviously Valerie's waiting, having that negotiation, and then Velasquez and August both come out. You said Asquez? You're gonna call him Asquez, really? <laughs> Vasquez. No, at one point in the game, he is actually called Askas. Askas, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you can say Wallhead. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Wallhead's good, too. Yeah, Wallhead's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this Jack's online is a good in all of this as well. It's like, ah, Wallhead! Yeah. <laughs> I remember now. <laughs> but basically, at this point, Valerie has the upper hand on you, and she leaves, and... She basically tells you, okay, you're going to go get this last piece that is on Hyperion. You're going to go get it for me, and you're basically going to work for me now. Yeah. So we go up to Hyperion. And how do we? We do it in style. You know what we have to do? We build a rocket. And who else to get for the rocket than, you know, Scooter. Because that's Scooter's yep. dream. He never mentions it, but it's his dream at that point. Because it's Scooter. You never know what happens. Yeah, and he built the rocket for us, and... Then this is where the game takes a sad turn, actually. Yeah. Woo. The whole trip up to Hyperion. Oh. And, and I'm curious, actually. Um, before this game came out, did anyone really know uh, what happened with Scooter? No, because this is when it happens. There's no hints right. towards it or anything. Because basically, uh, by the time Borderlands 2, Scooter's gone, right? No. Oh, right, because that, that's the, that happens later in the story, correct? Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. But basically, we're on the rocket, and there's a malfunction, and Scooter and Fiona go out to check it, but uh, unfortunately, Scooter is not fast enough with his hands to get his hands out of this uh, like closing grate thing, and basically, he gets his hands stuck in there, and this does mean that in order to save the ship, that... Fiona has to eject Scooter off into space where he will uh, blow up and die. And again, we should mention, uh, we're not trying to spoil it. So if you if you do want to skip, obviously, this bit, so you aren't, you aren't spoiled for that bit, feel free to. <laughs> well, they already missed skipping it. But... <laughs> oh, yeah, well, they've already missed it now. Yeah, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> At least we did the reminder. <laughs> we can't be accused of not doing the reminder. But, you know, at least before he dies, you do have the option to give him a kiss if you want. So uh, ah, I did that because, like, yeah. the guy's about to die. So, I mean, why not? Catch a ride. Oh, <laughs> uh, his last lines. It had to be that. It had to be that. It couldn't be anything else. But at least before he goes, uh, well, actually, after he goes up and dies, um, you have the opportunity to honor him by uh, sending out, like, a little billboard for him out into space. And you get to choose what you want to say. Uh, the first time I did it, I put Catch a Ride. The second time, when I did it on stream, uh, somebody in my chat wanted to see Best Mechanic Ever, so I put that on the, on the stream. Catch a Ride is probably the best one, in my opinion, to put. 
Some of them but sadly, you know, we lose Scooter there, and then we get back to Hyperion, and what I forgot to mention in all this is we actually have to become Vasquez in part of this plan. Oh yeah, if I had this, if I had this genius plan that uh, Reese makes in his head, anyway, it sounds legit in his head, but at the time it's literally just a glorified dream, again, because a lot of them happen. <laughs> uh, but essentially, yeah. you have to. Um, go to like obviously Vasquez. Uh, oh my God, Vasquez. Good Lord. Anyway, <laughs> um, you have to go back to uh, you have to go back to him and basically use him as like you have to body double essentially as him to get back on Hyperion because if you turn up if they turn up with just freeze, then they're screwed. Exactly. But so then, he turns up as Askes. Yeah. And basically, when he turns up. He's actually greeted by an old friend of ours first. Uh, he's greeted by Yvette. And then you, 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 you thought the stuff with Scooter was the end of this episode. And then you get the other cliffhanger that throws right at you immediately after. Just Yvette doesn't care. <laughs> well, you basically can tell her that, you know, Reese is dead or something. And yeah. you actually do figure out, um, you know, spoiler here, that... Yvette has actually been going behind your back the whole time. Yeah, Yvette never could. She just wanted the money and the payoff for it. Yep, and she was working with Vasquez, and basically the entire time where she's like, I, I can't really send you something, you know, they're on my back, she was actually denying you stuff on purpose just to fuck with you. Yep. So, you know, Yvette wasn't actually your friend, and it's interesting because obviously Reese has to play the part of Vasquez, and act like you know oh whatever you know but <laughs> but um you could tell that you know reese is like what the fuck but he can't really say that because he's vasquez yeah so he, and, he blends it in perfectly yeah, to be honest he blends it in perfectly i would have been raging at that point yeah it definitely had to take a lot to keep that in but yeah so that's kind of where we're at with that and you know um throughout the story you can kind of uh go throughout Hyperion and figure some more stuff out. You have the finger gun battle throughout that. You have a scene in, which is very fun, honestly. <laughs> you have um, the scene where Yvette actually confronts who she thinks is Vasquez in his office, and Reese can basically stick it to her at that point with uh, Jack's help. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it to her is the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really stick it to her for sure. Yeah. So. The, vil the villains in this never get away with anything they're supposed to do. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> That's what I've learned. But what I've also learned about uh, Tales from the Borderlands is there's a god-awful amount of running... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> running all over the place. <laughs> so much running. But in in addition to that and everything, you um have to go through the VIP experience, which is very fun, and you, you do lose a, a attendee in that, but <laughs> you get to be a tour guy with uh, Fiona, which is pretty cool. And, a bunch of people. and even though she knows nothing about five period at all, so I, it's funny seeing her be a tour guide and be like, ah, I know nothing about this, but here you go, this is this. <laughs> But, you know, her being a con artist uh, all her life, you know, definitely helps her kind of make shit up on the fly, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, she does that perfectly. Like, I just like the way she handles that. Not knowing what she's saying, but somehow still getting away with it. Yeah, my favorite part is when she uh, finds the chair at one point. She's like, and this chair, it's empty in remembrance of Handsome Jack. <laughs> 
It's so good. I just love how price. I, I just love it. This is awesome. Uh, but then the guy walks over and sits in the chair. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so what are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. The whole Hyperion bit in general is just hilarious. You just realize but eventually they, they get into thing. Jack's office, which they're trying to do. They have to go through a trap door, and that's the trap door who kills everyone. So it's kind of fun to go through there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. But they get into Jack's office. You find the last piece for Gordas, and in that office, you get to make a choice. Ooh. Uh, what choice do you get to make in his office? Ooh, you make a choice that, again, is a very crucial one because it can determine, again, trust in this game. Because a lot of it's dependent on trust. Yay. Yep, you can basically become the new CEO of Hyperion if you want to, and kind of uh, be the de facto runner of that with uh, kind of Jack as your hologram buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Not the best option, but, you know, nothing ever is in Pandora or Borderlands in general. Well, so, I chose yeah. that option. It seems kind of cool, so <laughs> I did it. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a cool option. And, you know, if you obviously. do choose that option, you get another cool option where you can actually make your... Well, you get another option where you can make your first decision as CEO. And my first decision as CEO was... To fire the accounting department. <laughs> yeah, I love the CEO of it. You just get to pick. You just, you just, you just get to pick what will screw over everyone in Hyperion the most. It's the best thing to do. <laughs> oh man. Exactly. And you know, firing the accounting department—it's not actually what you think it's going to be. You think it might be like, okay, these guys are all fired. You know, sorry, you lost your job. Well, Jack's version of firing them is open the airlock; they all die. As per usual. <laughs> yep. So you basically, uh, you basically get the order to kill the accounting department without knowing you're doing so. Great. Just, just glad Vaughn wasn't there at the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, you take out the department and then you try to go back, but you realize that everyone left you, and they left you because, well, you know, you're the CEO now. I guess you don't want us. So they all left you and. Jack tries to make a stand against you, but you actually uh, counter that on him and basically do something that's going to bring the entire ship down. Yep, and God does it do that, and causes a huge crater, and a lot of other stuff. Mainly yep. fiery destruction, so, but you know, as per usual for me. Cause I basically, on the way down, um, you know, a lot of the characters get out in escape pods, and you're trying to find one as well. Eventually, you do find one that's jammed, and uh, unfortunately, this is where we, you know, seemingly lose Loaderbot, where he basically pushes you out and says, you know, good luck. Yeah. And, you know, in the moment, it does suck, because you're, you're thinking you're losing Loaderbot. I mean, the second time I played through it, it was hard to kind of convey that, because I already know he's not going to he's gonna be okay, but, like, yeah. the first time, it's like, oh, man, I just lost Loaderbot. Yeah, like, you know, he's been there the whole time, so it's just like... Uh, do I do I do a reaction? Uh. <laughs> yeah. But after that, uh, the story takes us, you know, back to Pandora because the ship crashes. Reese has his final battle with Jack, and basically, you uh, end up defeating Jack. But there's some great character work in there, like you said. There's some great lines. Uh, yeah. Really good work there. Yeah, the way they do. That whole final thing with Jack is like the voice actor. All credit to him. The way they do that whole ending bit is really, really good. Because I think at that point Jack's realized all the mistakes he's made, and he's kind of realized now that okay, right, 
Like, I've, I screwed myself out of life, out of everything else. And I'm the one to blame for that, not exactly. other people around me. And it's also as well, because you don't usually see Jack True. so powerless. But, you know, Jack does die. Yeah, it is kind of cool to see him vulnerable like that. That is kind of cool. Yeah. But, um, you know, in the end, Jack does go away for good. You can keep his uh, file if you want to. It's one choice you can make. But then we kind of move over to Fiona's side. And in Fiona's side of the story, we um, basically have Finch die. He either, you know, gets left behind or you can kill him. And also uh, Valerie dies as well. And basically the upgraded version of Gordas is fighting the Traveler, which is the Vault Monster. So uh, that battle is going on. And you have to decide then and there to shoot Gordas and your sister Sasha comes by to help you out and basically you shoot Gordas because in order to get rid of the vault monster you have to take out Gordas to close the vault again. Yeah and again it relates back to obviously when it's when it's Reese and Fiona talking to what seems to be just a human character asking for their story is obviously then you realize the whole thing he's been talking about to right. begin with what the point has been leading up to like why he's had them here for ages is that point they wanted to, he wanted to know why right because he thought they betrayed him betrayed Gordas. yeah exactly and obviously now that he has so that basically that was loderbot's uh motive the whole time is he thought they betrayed Gordas. yeah so revenge but the thing is when he finally realizes what they had to do it but wasn't you know it. he gets that side of the story and i'm trying to think now what was i gonna say i've done him i've lost my train of thought now you can carry on well, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, basically um, what happens is he realizes that, you know, they were loyal the whole time. And what he does is tries to get them all together. So he basically has Vaughn kidnapped and Vaughn is actually leading the children of Helios now, which they are basically the people that crashed from the ship. And since Vaughn was the only one that actually was on Pandora for, they elected Vaughn as their leader. And they now worship Reese as their, like, god that uh, shed them with the corporate shackles. Fair enough. And I just love the shrine that they do as well. I feel like that's good as well. Yeah, they just put his name on top of it. He's like, oh, yeah. it's, it's uh, actually Jack without a head. No, it, see, it says Reese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So that's where we're at. Um, then they're all back together again, finally. They make a plan that they're going to take out the Traveler at Safe Borders this time. Yep. And that final battle, boy, is that cool. <laughs> it's really cool, yeah. Yeah, I, re I really just... Before we get there, though, do you want to talk about how you can choose your own uh, Vault Hunter team, which is kind of cool? Yeah, it's based off... Uh, what I love about it is it's based off of the choices you've made throughout the whole story determine who you can have with you, who trusts you enough right. to come on this daring mission, and basically what your dream team is. And I find that cool. Yeah, and... I got to use uh, Springs for the first time this time, which is cool. But some of the characters I haven't used yet, I haven't used um, Cassius, I haven't used Felix, and I also didn't use the mystery character, which is uh, Claptrap, but you have to spend a lot of money to get him. Now, how did you figure that was Claptrap, actually? Because I did not know that. Uh, I had to look it up, honestly. Oh, <laughs> okay, fair enough. The internet! <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fair enough, I would have done the same. But yeah, I don't know how you get enough money to get him, because he's really expensive to get, apparently, and you have to pay him to come join you, but um, apparently you get enough money somehow to pay him to come join you. 
yeah, I think it's about just exploring all the maps, getting all the money, and not spending anything at all. So not even customizing your ride. Right, which I did do because chat wanted me to. So basically okay. when chat wanted me to do that, I knew I probably had no shot of Claptrap. But... Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't one of those people that said, oh, get the mystery car, get the mystery car. Yeah, um, not me. <laughs> the mystery car was kind of cool, though. It, it was, yeah. But, you know, um, then we kind of move on with the team that you pick. So you have, you know, choices like August. You can choose, like, uh, Zero, Felix. It really depends who you actually, um, you know, were in good standing with. But you basically choose your team. And then you move on and with this plan to take out the Traveler. And you have Vaughn shooting a beam of light. And then the plan is to go inside the Traveler, take out the teleportation glance. It can't teleport anymore. And then Vaughn is supposed to take it out with the uh, beam of light. And you're basically supposed to lead it in position. Yeah, and the way to do that whole, like, plan scene is really good. And obviously all the characters get their own lines and they all change based on who you've picked and all that. And it's really, really good. And I also love how the reaction when they see all the Guardians, who, again, make their return because they're in every single vault ever inside the actual creature which i found really cool when they did that but it wasn't that they were just around the area and you just killed them off one by one they were inside the creature of the vault <laughs> which i found amazing that was awesome real yeah that's really cool actually and to see the vault guardians inside like the monster itself it's like wait what <laughs> yeah it's cool i like that but you have you know uh some emotion here at the end where it seems like, uh, you know, one of our characters, Sasha, makes a sacrifice where she has to go back to uh, take out the teleportation gland. And it does seem like she's going to die. But, um, you know, spoiler alert, she actually doesn't. And it's all because Felix cared enough to give her a gift that actually heals her back to health. Yeah. Turns out that gift was important after all. Hey, Sasha. <laughs> yep. She wanted to throw it away. And, you know, it's end up saving her life. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Sasha does stay alive, and, you know, Reese is, like, bawling the entire time. Because it's Reese, what you expect. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Sasha's even like, yeah, you did cry a lot, yeah. And it's like, you know what, this is just casual, this is like, yeah, Reese is crying, yeah, it's, 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 it's normal, this, at this point. And I think even though all the other characters have just realized, it's like, oh, God, he's crying again. Oh, here we go. but you know uh before that scene happens you do get to do some cool moves inside gordas and basically you all get to teach gordas uh the character's moves so it's really cool to see that you know like see some zeros moves or see uh some athena's moves with the shield and like whatever character you're using as your actual uh vault hunter team you get to use some of their moves and it's really cool why did that kind of like make me feel like it was a reference to like the power rangers because he do some stuff it like It seemed that. like it was, yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it was. <laughs> so like it was a really, really good reference to the Power Rangers, and I was like, I'll take this. This is cool. Yeah. So I mean, that is what it is. But um, we defeat the Traveler, and then we, you know, everything's all hunky dory, and basically, you know, Fiona gives her blessing for Reese to date her sister. So you know, that's all good there, <laughs> <laughs> and. Then, basically, we move on, we go into the vault, we open the chest, but we don't get to see what's in there. Because, ooh, cliffhangers! Yes. And that's, you know, pretty much uh, what is there for the game. And other than that, we do know that um, in Borderlands 3, Reese is going to be in the game. So, 
you said that you had some information on what his role in the game is going to be? Yeah. Um, I found out a lot, and I was intrigued about this, and I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be intrigued. He, like, and if you don't want to know, spoiler alert now, if you don't want to know any of this until the actual game comes out, don't listen to this bit. But he's actually the current leader of Atlas. Oh, you didn't know that already? I actually didn't know that. But here's the thing about it. Him being the CEO of Atlas. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I didn't know that's what you are going to say. Yeah, because that I didn't know because when he's in Jack's office, he grabs the deed to Atlas. And I knew that he was going to be the Atlas CEO because of that. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure as well. He's not. I don't think he's on Pandora anymore. So Interesting. Because, obviously, Bloodlands is going to have all the different planets. I'm pretty sure everybody's watched the trailers right now. That everyone will right. know that. Eden 6 is one of them, and that's where, uh, again, that's where Fiona and, like, Sasha grew up. There's another thing for you. Um, that's the same, obviously, as well with Athena, as well. She comes from Eden 6, I think, off the top of my head. Don't count me on that, because I'm not sure. I'm sure Tandos will figure it out and let you know you're wrong. Oh, yeah, he probably will. <laughs> oh, I know he will. He'll just go, ah, zombie's wrong again. Ah, great, I can call, I can call him out on this now. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but still, still. Prologue. But yeah. Um, do you think Reese is going to be like? He's obviously going to be NPC. But do you think he's going to be a vendor in game in, in any way? Like uh, kind of like crazy earlier. Earl. Do you think he's going to sell you something? I think he'll sell you stuff. But I think because he's the CEO as well, he's going to have people working under him. So it's going to be interesting to see if he turns into a, a Vasquez or not. Do you think he'll be a quest giver of any kind? Do you think he'll have some yes. quests associated with him? He'll have quests associated with him, definitely. You'll be able to go and probably get quests off of him. I feel like he will too, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going but... under a new atlas as well. Like, he changes it. What we don't know, though, is if any of the other characters will make it into the game. So, I would really like to see Fiona be like a DLC Vault Hunter at some point. Do you think that's ever going to be a possibility? Ooh. Now, with that, I you've suggested this to me before, and I've said... Yeah. Definitely. That'll be a really intriguing thing. Like, that would be such a cool DLC Vault Hunter, like, you know... Uh, months down the road yeah definitely uh, <clears throat> but also it's because we do see all the characters in upcoming things we're going to be doing and i'm not going to tell you which until we start playing the dlc so enjoy that sounds bit. good enjoy that bit and enjoy all the surprises <laughs> <laughs> well we are going to be playing that dlc on uh thursday which let me get the date on that for everyone 30th you said uh, let's see. It's going to be... Nope, Thursday, August 1st is going to be the day we do the Commander Love DLC. Oh, great. Of course so I'm wrong. Technically, the start of August. Of course I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's me. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, Thursday, uh, Thursday, August 1st is going to be the next time I stream any Borderlands. It's about a week from now, so that'll be when we play the Commander Love DLC, and you did say we should be able to get it done within four hours, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. So that'll be cool. So we can do that in one stream, and uh, we can knock that out. If we have time, maybe we can start the Tiny Tina DLC a little bit, because I do want to do that DLC before we do 3. Yeah. But, um, you know, hopefully they include Fiona in some way. Uh, hopefully we get to see Sasha and Vaughn again, at least. That'd be kind of cool. Um, we'll see if they're in the game in any way. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, that's pretty much, you know, Tales from the Borderlands in a nutshell. I mean, the game, I, I really loved the game. It was a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed it, and I wish there would have been a Season 2 to it. But, you know, at least the characters are in the franchise, and... Hopefully they use the characters in Borderlands 3. Yeah, can't wait. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on the game at all? Generally, just as I'm pretty sure you'll agree and everyone that's played the game might agree with me, I don't know. But 
Um, I think it was really well done. I think they got all the right people for it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it was a really cool game, and I definitely enjoyed playing through it a second time, as well as the first time, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, that being said, um, just to recap our news real quick then, since we have uh, no other comments in the episode, our next stream is going to be Monday, and that is going to be 12 to 4 Eastern. We're playing some Fallout 3 as part of our Game Pass Game of the Month. Then we're going to be playing on Tuesday, 12 to 4, some State of Decay. We'll see if the bounty system is out yet. If it is out, we're going to be playing that. If not, we'll um, just do some content and stay the decay normally. And then on Thursday, like we said, Thursday, August 1st, is the Commander Lilith DLC from 12 to 4. In the event we didn't finish it, we would finish that 8th at midnight um, for the night stream on Thursday. But I think we will be done it. So the night stream on Thursday is either going to be State of Decay 2 if it is the... Um, Bounty system. So I assume that system is going to be out. So we will be playing that bounty system if it is out. But in the event it's not out, there is an indie game that I got a code for that I do want to try out. And I'm not going to reveal what that game is until uh, I try it on the stream. So, but, um, you know, coming up sometime before Borderlands 3, there will be a game, uh, stream of an indie game that I'm really interested in. Fair enough. But, you know, that's basically that. And next Saturday, we should finally have some more State of Decay 2 content. Um, it's something that I've been wanting to get back to, but these last couple weeks, honestly, to be honest with all of you, uh, all of July has been a really rough month for me. It's been a very busy month, um, really, really hectic, and you know, I'm ready for August to come because uh, I'm hoping August things can calm down a little bit. It can be the calm before the storm because once September hits, um, I'm going to be hitting Borderlands 3 pretty hard, so I'm basically going to use August as the calm before the storm. We're going to try to calm things down in August a little bit. Um, I'll announce it later on the podcast since it's not coming close yet, but I will be taking a break from content at some point in August. So I'm going to take a nine-day break in August where I'm not doing any streaming or podcasts. I will let people know in advance that that is coming, but I just won't let you know the dates as of yet. But um, I am going to take a break in August just to kind of recoup and get ready because, you know, once September hits, we're going to be hitting the ground hard in Borderlands 3, so... I do want to break in August before that. Fair enough. You know, breaks uh, do do help out, right, Zombie? So. Yeah, breaks definitely do help out. And I think there's one last thing we need to do. Uh, what do you think we should do, Zombie? Uh, well, hmm. We need to honor a certain someone by doing a certain phrase. And we can do it together. And I think you know what that is. Uh, well, uh... You've only done it once. I guess we could do that. You know, he, he did give his life for us. So, I mean, yeah. he gave his life for us. You know, he, he made the rocket go boom and he, <laughs> he fixed our cars. Why not? Let's honor the guy. Yeah. Ready? You ready? Three, two, one, now. All right. Oh. God damn it, please. <laughs> Catch a ride. Hey, we did it. <laughs> there we go. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, awesome. you were definitely out of sync there, but <laughs> oh, it was, uh... it's all good. <laughs> go, go yeah, you're a little bit out of sync somehow, but that's all right. <laughs> but um, zombie, if people <laughs> if people want to contact you, how can they do so? Um, they can find me on uh, the Discord, uh, Zombie on Discord. You can find me on Xbox at my gamer tag at Zombie as well. And I do have other stuff. I have other social media. And you can usually find them in stream, too. And you can find me in stream. Yeah, I'm always there. So say hi. I don't bite. 
Most of the time. <laughs> well, occasionally, yeah. 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 <laughs> and as for me, you can find me on Discord as well. That will be in the show notes. You can also find me on YouTube and Facebook, but I don't use those as often. You can find me via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. And you can also find me via my gamer tag or my Twitter, which is going to be at blazeexperience for both. That's capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. So definitely check me out on any of those if you want to uh, leave any feedback of any kind. And in order to find the podcast, you're obviously already listening to it. But other ways you can find it, it's on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's on Spotify. Uh, Radio Public, basically any directory you can think of, it'll be there except for iHeartRadio. But if you just type it into Google, the Blaze Experience, you will definitely find us somewhere. So as long as you're not using iHeartRadio, then you will find us. If you are using iHeartRadio, well, I apologize, but that is a hard one to get onto. So um, hopefully the future will be able to get on there. But that being said, Zombie, thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate you coming back and... I can't wait to talk to you again for the Borderlands 2 one, because we will be doing a Borderlands 2 uh, retrospective at some point soon. Yeah, a lot of fun. Thanks thanks for letting me be here. No problem. And, you know, we'll have you back for the Borderlands 2 one, and that'll be another appearance for you. So we'll, we'll see you again soon on that one. Yeah, can't wait. And thank you to the listener for listening. I definitely appreciate it, and I hope you enjoyed this content. So we will see you again next week on the podcast, and we'll see you on Monday for the stream. Thank you, as always, for listening to The Blaze Experience.